Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up with Mrs. Kelly. Today, Mrs. Kelly sits down with Miss Meyer to talk about her experiences moving to Sweden and how her positive outlook on life's challenges has helped her to embrace and love the journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with Mrs. Kelly. I am Mrs. Kelly and today I am sitting down with the wonderful, phenomenal Miss Meyer. Hello, Miss Meyer. Hello. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here. Not many people want to sit down and talk about themselves with me, but I appreciate that. Well, anytime. <laughs> this is your first podcast episode. Yes, it is. And I'm very nervous, but also excited about it. So it'll uh, be good. Yeah, it'll be great because... You seem like somebody who is very good at taking on new challenges in, in like, a very positive way. Yeah, I definitely try to have a positive mindset with everything in life, not just, like, at work, but also kind of, like, in my personal life. So that's been a really nice goal to kind of move here and then take all that on, which it's been, it's been a definitely a roller coaster, but it's been good. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, because I think it was almost a year ago that you met Mr. Pruden in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And had you, in your mind, been considering moving to Sweden before that? To Sweden, no. But I always had this perspective that I wanted to move abroad because I have been fascinated with learning about the pedagogical systems in other countries. And I have this like grand scheme life plan that I would love to eventually go back for a PhD and compare different theories and behavior plans that or systems that would what works best for the child and what focuses on the whole child. Um, And I think just coming and witnessing how different cultures approach it and being like they're teaching it myself and then bringing that back. That's why I wanted to go abroad and I wanted to learn and teach and continue to grow. Yeah, it's been a magical couple of months so far and I've learned a lot. Definitely have a lot more to learn, but I've learned a lot so far. Yeah. And that's really, I think, brave of you to meet this random guy (laughs) who talks about the school that I think if you haven't been here looks a bit fictitious like if you see mm. the websites and you see all of the, mm-hmm. the pictures I remember thinking that IES was kind of like this fabricated thing and it was going to be a scam when I showed up um, that's what my parents were worried about too <laughs> they were like is this actually a real place like is it real and I was like yeah I've talked I've talked to Mr. Pruden Mr. Pruden says it's great he's been there <laughs> like it, it sounds exists. very shady <laughs> very shady at least I mean at least you met him in person when I got hired I spoke to the guy on the phone this was even before like video chat became a big thing oh yeah so i just talked to this very nice sounding british man on the phone (laughs) and i really and my whole family thought it was a scam that there was actually not going to be a school and that they had collected all my information and you know can we imagine how (laughs) nerve-wracking that would be Uh, it was kind of i have the same i think i have the same perspective as you that it's kind of like "Eh, well Whatever. Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Exactly. We'll show up, and if there's a school, great. And if not, like, it's a new adventure. <laughs> exactly. We, we're having a very extended vacation. I like that perspective. <laughs> what was your thought process then? We started talking in like the very, very early spring, and mm-hmm. we had signed all of the papers, and you were officially coming. And then COVID hit, and it hit us super, super hard yeah. in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And as I was talking to Mr. Sin Walker and Ms. Hoger last time, uh, Sweden was like dragged through the mud with our response to the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts as you saw Sweden in the news for like, they're being socially irresponsible and people are dying on the streets? I honestly tried to, to avoid it, in all honesty, because 
every media outlet, it has this different fabrication of what image they want to project. And since you were actually here, you were the ones experiencing it. Like I was going to trust what you guys were saying rather than what media and the health reports were saying, because it's different depending on where you are. I mean, in the United States at the time, like I was going through all these different emotions on top of that with having to leave my practicum site in early March, not being able to say goodbye to my second grade class I was working with mm-hmm. and having to move from my last year in graduate school um, back to Wisconsin to live with my parents until knew what, exactly what was happening. And I knew that, okay, I'm still moving to Sweden, so I'm going to move home and figure out life from there. But um, I think when we talked in like spring and you were just like, are you sure you're okay with coming? And I was like, well, is there a reason I shouldn't be worried? Or is there a reason I should be worried? And you were so honest and open about it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I know that there's going to be an amazing team waiting for me and to support me no matter what happens. And honestly, it's been really great so far. So it's been kind of a breath of fresh air, literally getting off of the plane, seeing no one wearing a face mask. And you're like, okay, and 14 hours later, I can breathe. Exactly. (laughs) I remember that day, and I remember the days leading up to it. You were really concerned that you weren't going to get here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So having so many flights get canceled, oh, I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah, because you kept telling me, like, now I'm going to be coming at this time instead Mm -hmm. on this day. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And then you hit, like, almost a, a complete roadblock yeah what your your flight or your airline said that you Mm -hmm. couldn't come without a negative covid test so they were instilling a policy that on the day i arrived um in this is when the policy was going to be going into effect that you needed a negative covid test in order to board the plane and at the time in the united states you cannot get one unless you are showing symptoms i was showing no symptoms so i tried going to like the drive-thru testing and they (laughs) were like okay, here you go. Um, We'll do your test. You'll get your results in about five to 10 days. I was leaving 48 hours later. That wasn't going to work. So I literally had, I did not have a doctor at the time. So I had to get a doctor, go to the doctor, explain my situation. And he was able to order me a test luckily. And I got my results about 12 hours before I had to get on the plane. Oh my God. So Ah. I had the paper in hand in my binder. I was like, okay, well, at least now I know that if I get there and they're like, okay, this policy, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Nope, I can I can enter the country. I have the paperwork for my work, and Already I have prepared. and I have the negative COVID test. So yeah, it was a very stressful what seventy two hours yeah. before actually departing. But we're here. Yeah, and I felt really badly because I had planned on we were going to maybe not pick you up from the airport, but we were going to at least meet you because yeah, <laughs> you don't live super far away yeah. from us, and my kids absolutely love meeting new teachers, and they had your little like gift bag ready. Oh. And we were a bit sad that you you arrived at a different time, but I think Mr. Helm was the person that picked you up that day. Yeah, he was, and <laughs> it was so great. Like, just seeing the little sign, it was like, oh, that's so cute, and I just felt so welcomed, and then I saw the gift bag, and I had literally only had the airplane food, and I was starving, so seeing, like, a piece of fresh fruit, anything that wasn't bread, I was mm. like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> thank you, okay, I'm, I'm okay now. <laughs> Yeah, it was so nice of Mr. Helm because he dedicated like half of his day Mm -hmm. in July or early August Mm -hmm. to just like drive back and forth 
to the, to the airport, airport. <laughs> because he actually drove my son and me to the airport the first time. Oh, gosh. As Well, it was our second trip to the airport that day because yeah. there were five of you coming that day. Mm-hmm. All the Americans arrived. So we had two teachers arrive in the morning and Liam and I had taken the train, picked them up, gotten them to their apartment, like grabbed some lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go back to the airport and get the second set of people. Yeah. And Mr. Helm said, oh, I'm going to the airport anyway to pick up my mother. Yeah. And so so he drove us to the airport with Aww. with Liam sitting in the back seat saying like I'm car sick I think I'm going to throw up and no. I'm like this is not our car you keep the oh vomit in your mouth <laughs> does he normally get car sick uh, we've lived in Sweden too long I think we don't oh, we yeah. don't drive anywhere I was gonna say wait I see you walking everywhere yeah. but- we don't have a car so now whenever he's in a car he gets really oh, I can't handle this and I'm like just hold it in like it's not that far to the airport and Mr. Helm is digging out his kid's iPad and like throwing it in the backseat like here Liam watch this oh my gosh yeah. oh, but that, that day I was just blown away by like this was just it represented so much about who Ayaslena is that mm-hmm. there would be this this teacher that would take half of the day to drive back and forth to the airport to make sure because he knew that I I would have absolutely died if mm-hmm. I had tried to pick you up as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Missy Arzell's birthday on that day. So like I could Oh my ask, gosh. I couldn't ask her to go do it. Like happy birthday, Missy Arzell. Go to please, the airport. Please celebrate it by picking up a bunch of people from the airport. But yeah, when you got like into your house, how long did it take before the fog lifted and you finally started to feel like, oh, I'm, I know where I am or has the fog lifted yet? Yes, the okay. fog has definitely lifted. I've kind of made it my objective that every day I go for a walk every day mm-hmm. just like as a way to clear my head and to kind of focus on the different positive things going on in life and listen to podcasts. Um, So I've like on day one, I started with, OK, I'm just going to explore the neighborhood around my house mm-hmm. and figure out if I can find my way back without having to look at Google Maps. <laughs> um, And then eventually that turned into the like hiking trails that are really close by to the house mm-hmm. and just kind of exploring those and kind of going off on new paths and figuring out, okay, this is a dead end. We're going to turn around. We're going to go back. Um, But I feel very comfortable around this area and knowing where I'm going. And luckily I have an amazing roommate who um, took me and showed me Stockholm and how to work the pendle tog. And like, so now I have just like a note list in my phone of, okay, take this train to get home. Take this train to get to Stockholm. Don't go to this store after this time. (laughs) Um, So it's just like, I have all this compiled and I feel very comfortable here. Like, I feel like it's definitely become the new home base. Mm. And just having that support system at home and then also having it here, it's just, it's been very comfortable and kind of like an easy transition in that regard. But I think a lot of what's made your transition easy is, as you said, your attitude. Mm -hmm. That you've thought of everything as like, oh, well, this is a challenge. Or like what you said about the dead end. Like, I feel like that's such a metaphor. Yeah. You come to a dead end, okay, let's turn around and go a different way. Mm -hmm. That's such a great way of looking at this whole experience. It is going to be difficult at times. It is going to be stressful. Things are weird and new but the fact that you just try to focus on the positives to try to see things as challenges mm-hmm. and work around them I think is is really amazing mm-hmm. what's been your favorite thing about Sweden so far I think just how active everyone is I have really adapted I think that active lifestyle like I walk everywhere and mm-hmm. I love it it's just like being out in nature all the time it really does put me in a better mood so having that aspect and also 
the fact that the food here is like just so healthy, like coming and eating the school lunch for the first time, I was like, are you kidding me? This is what they get for lunch every day. Mm. It's like, it's just so good. And the fact that there's just so many different healthy options and like kind of limited access to sugar, like that's really good for me. Um, because I do like to maintain that healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm fueling my body with food that is going to help me and be successful and stay strong. And so I think just overall that whole healthy lifestyle, I think that's been my favorite part so far. And it is quite a contrast, I think, coming from where we're from. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> people like people don't walk. everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And you will drive there. You will drive to mm-hmm. get the fast food. You will drive back to eat your fast food. Well, that was the thing. When I came home from um, college and I w- was living with my parents, like the store was maybe a mile away and I had walked that before at college because, you know, I didn't have a car mm-hmm. in college. So it was like, okay, I'm, not, I'm used to walking to the store and like not getting that many groceries because you have to carry it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, okay, yep, I have a car. I can I can go here. Oh, yep. I can go get ice cream. Dairy Queen became a very regular thing in my household during quarantine. Let me tell you. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, maybe three times a week. So, oh, But it's so easy. Everything is so easy and accessible and it's mm-hmm. all cheap. And then I also think about the difference in school lunch. So Liam sometimes talks about wanting to go back to the States. He's only lived mm-hmm. there for two and a half years of his life. But from what he sees, it was like the magical time because he remembers yeah. mostly like the vacations and stuff where mm-hmm. he gets spoiled by grandpa and grandma that feed him stuff that they shouldn't. And, you know, like yeah. he has no school and it's just a vacation. Mm-hmm. So he talks sometimes about going back and my husband and I have to talk about the realities. Like your lunch, you have to pay for it and you get, I I can't even imagine having that at a school in Minnesota because they would get like some overly processed like chicken product, like Mm -hmm. chicken nuggets that were so rubbery. I remember in elementary school, we used to drop them on the floor because they would bounce and we thought it was really funny. (laughs) Or the Salisbury steak and it's like, what is Salisbury steak? Mm. Like no one actually knows what that is. No. But that's so interesting that he like, or like the smiley face uh, hash browns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those were always. That are probably not potatoes, but like some. Either way, they were soggy and disgusting and nobody (laughs) wanted them. No, exactly. (laughs) But I don't think that, I think unless you grow up with that, you don't realize what, how lucky we are to have what we have with our lunches here and with the food in general. I picked Nolan up from preschool yesterday and he had potatoes in his pocket and they have their, they have a little garden at their preschool. And so so he had taken a rake and was like, harvesting potatoes so we cooked these potatoes from the preschool garden and he was so proud of it and of course this is like literally from the ground it's not processed at all like he's involved in the whole thing like planting the potato watering it during the summer and then digging it up with a little plastic rake during the autumn and then taking it home to cook it. I love that. That's so cool. Well, it's just like the fact that you can do that here. I love that. And I mean, in the United States, like for projects like that, we really can't do that because they're like, okay, let's keep the kids inside. Let's keep them doing activities inside. And Mm -hmm. the fact that we emphasize so much, like having the kids be outside and having like just so so much access to nature and Mm -hmm. being able to learn about it and like have that hands-on experience like that's what I love about like Swedish school system so far and I think that's really important that they're doing it at such a young age too Mm. like would you ever consider moving back to the United States and like having your kids go through the U.S. school system? I mean we did we were there we went back for two and a half years because we felt like it was the right thing to do because Mm -hmm. my husband and I are both American and our families like 
everyone else lives there. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have any relatives here. So we tried it and I think he did a better job of it at first because he had missed all of the really American things. He had missed driving. I don't like driving. He had missed hunting and fishing, which like is so much easier back home. He had missed all of those things. So I think for him, it took a while before he realized all of the stuff that that was lacking Mm -hmm. in our lives. For me, I realized it right away. Like there was a giant pit in my chest from the time that we moved back because it's not the same. It's not like people aren't as active. I was the crazy person who was like over exercising. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't like driving places. Why drive if I can run there? Mm -hmm. Like this is, it's not a a weird thing. It's, it's a very normal human behavior. Absolutely. To be able to do this. And I also saw so many things with the school that I, I feel so great having, as you talked about, like more of that balance Mm -hmm. and the looking at the whole child. And I liked what you said about like wanting to find systems that develop the whole child. And I think that Sweden is light years ahead of the states on how they look at at raising a child. Mm -hmm. That there are so many laws that are about the whole child and mm-hmm. not just academic laws or or health things like it's it's the big picture and really working with the holistic health and yeah. development of a child. No, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so interesting. Like, every person I talk to, they're like, no, we're going to convince you. Like, you're going to stay here. And this is where you're going to, like, want to find a partner and raise a family. And I'm like, I can understand why. And I can see, like, all the, like, really great aspects of Sweden and, like, why people choose to stay here for as long as they do. Mm. Nothing's written in, <laughs> Nothing's written in stone yet, but... No. And I think that you'll just find in your heart, like, if you fit here and, like, Mm -hmm. we had never planned this. This wasn't, like, something that we had written down that we will be here now with both of our kids speaking fluent Swedish and not considering going back. Mm -hmm. We had never planned on that. It was just, like, this is how develop we had never even planned on having kids here and like Mm -hmm. how terrifying is that to realize that it was yeah we were surprised and then it was like a terrible time to to have a kid it was our first year in this new new school and the school was brand new Mm -hmm. and the principal was quitting and like we were expanding by 300 kids the next year and I was pregnant and it was just like ah that's a lot of to handle all at once yeah but again it was just like okay so this is happening like how do we how do we make it work? And it's been so cool to be able to go through that all ourselves. You know, at mm-hmm. home, like it's it's super easy to like when you have the family support and you have yeah. all of the stuff that you've grown up it with, the comforts of home, the mm-hmm. car, everything about it is so much easier. And mm-hmm. then here it's like I'm having a baby in a language that I don't completely understand. Yeah. No one had ever taught me like pregnancy and childbirth vocabulary in Swedish. Like mm-hmm. now I have to learn all of this and go through all of my midwife appointments in Swedish and mm-hmm. And deliver a child in a different language. and But once I think you go through that, you realize how resilient humans are and how how much strength we have but we don't realize. Absolutely. And when I look at you, I see so much of that resilience in you because there are so many people that could have said like, oh, I can't, like the flights are not working. Or when COVID hit, like, well, it's easier to stay here and I'm with my parents right now and maybe I'll just, I'll try it later and then it never actually happened. Yeah. And I think that you are such an inspiration to so many people because you took 
this courage to come here and you just see everything as as an opportunity. I think that goes in from having so many people around me too that are just modeling that mindset too. Like our year five team has so many people that just look at things as a puzzle rather than a challenge, an opportunity rather than a step backwards or a misstep. And I think having that not only in my year five team, but also like presented by leadership, like just constantly having that mindset and the willing to see the good and having that as our theme this year, I think that just constantly reminds me this. I am here because I love my job. I love working with kids. I want them to become the best version of themselves. And if I can even do that in one small way, make help them make one step, whether that's in the classroom or outside of the classroom to help them shape themselves into who they want to be, then I've done my job as a teacher. And that's all I could ever ask for. I'm going to make you cry, aren't I? You are going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah. But like this is this has always been my dream of creating this little place where we could all work towards this and, and have all these people that are super different but all have the same like burning passion. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I started talking to him like, oh my God, like this is the person. I need this in some way for my school. And I think at the time we really had no idea where we were going to put you because it was super early. <laughs> we're like, oh, we'll, I remember you we'll emailing me that too, being like, <laughs> I don't know where exactly yet, but and then you were just like, oh, okay, year five, math and technology, and I was like, technology, <laughs> okay. I mean, let's go for it. Let's try that. <laughs> um, so, what advice would you give people? who are in the same situation that you were, that are maybe considering moving abroad, but really have no idea. They have no ties to Sweden. They're just like, the seed has been planted in their minds. How do you get them to take that next step? Because it's a huge step. Absolutely. Luckily, I think because I had that in mind, I was already researching opportunities to go abroad, whether it was Sweden or Thailand. But just like even doing a simple Google search to just see what you're eligible for. Because as a teacher who was coming out, just getting their teaching license, the opportunities are limited. So that was kind of something that I had to take into consideration. But going to those random pop-ups where who knows, Mr. Pruden might show up. Mm. Um, like that was at a new teacher conference where they were literally just having panelists and I got an email saying, oh yeah, they're hosting interviews. And I had to think about it. I was like, you know what, Sweden, Sweden sounds kind of cool. Um, I don't know a lot about the school, but it's just an interest meeting. So I sent my application. I was like, okay, well, if he accepts the meeting, great. But I think please take the time to seize your opportunities because there are so many available and you just have to have your eyes open in order to actually find one that's going to work for you. So Mm. I think that would be the piece of advice that I have is just keep your mind open and the right thing will fall into your lap. Now looking at inwardly at yourself, but also at the other people that have come just as you did, maybe Mm -hmm. not specifically from Minnesota, but have moved from abroad here. Mm -hmm. What characteristics or personality traits do you think that like these are imperative to have in order to make it work to move to this this place and be in this bilingual environment? Do you think they need to have like as a personality trait? I think that you definitely need to have flexibility in all aspects of your life because you are literally going to be changing your lifestyle habits. You're going to be changing the way you work. Um, So flexibility would be the biggest one. Having a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset because if you come in expecting things and then those expectations aren't met, you're only going to be met with disappointment. Mm. Um, So it's better to have a growth mindset about, okay, this is how I can move forward and this is how I can continue to grow. I think those two would be the biggest ones is flexibility and then um, having that growth mindset. Those are the biggest 
character traits that I think a person needs to have to take on an adventure. Oh, and be adventurous. Mm. Always chase the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when I when I look at Sweden now, I don't feel like it's it's adventurous, but I remember that <laughs> feeling of everything being foreign and mm-hmm. not understanding things and crying at the grocery store and just like freaking out about about things that are a little bit ridiculous, but Yep, having Google Translate, and you're just, like, taking pictures. You're like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, great. <laughs> now I understand. I'm glad that I did not purchase that. Exactly. <laughs> All right, last question. What do you miss the most now that you have been here for almost three, three months. months? Um, I think what I have been missing most is definitely my family, but I've also been very fortunate that with moving, actually, I've been able to form more familial connections. Like I'm emailing a great aunt that I hadn't been emailing prior to this. So it's like really cool to see all the connections that I'm making. And I have weekly FaceTimes with like my aunt and uncle that live in Florida and my classroom supervisor. Um, So she and I have been talking almost every other week and just like filling in on that. And my sister and my parents have been like readily available via text, even though it's seven hours difference. So it's like, okay, great. I'm going to bed now. Have a good night or good day. (laughs) So I've definitely been missing them, but I know that I have their full love and support and that's all that matters. Very cool. Well, thank you for talking to me. Thank Thank you for for letting me me almost get a little emotional. It was super (laughs) nice to have you in here all about how you have been embracing the new thank you i appreciate it and i'm excited to see what comes next (laughs) yeah me too all right thank you Ayaslana, and have a wonderful day thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe leave a comment and share the show and don't be afraid to try something new